Welcome back, everyone, to the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. My name is Rodders. We must send apologies for Matt today. He is having an icebreak hangover and can't be with us today, unfortunately, but he'll be back with us this week. Thankfully, I've still got the Oracle. The Oracle. Frank, how are you today, mate? Good, mate. How you doing? Yeah, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Yeah, just took in the games today and the girlfriend's just got home from dental hospitals. So, yeah, we're all good over here. We're all good now. Well, I actually got some information about Matt and why he couldn't be here. Really? You might yeah. have heard conflicting information to me. What do, what do you have? Well, I've, I've heard that he's he's done a bit of a borat and gone to America. He's gone to America? Okay. Got his passport, gone to America in search of his love. He's, he's gone looking for Doc Rivers with titties. <laughs> he's gone looking for Doc Rivers. <laughs> Doc Rivers' mutant green uh, offspring. Yeah, if you can picture the uh, – if you ever watched Gremlins 2, he had the female gremlin, that's that's what I'm picturing. Yeah, you should put that on our uh, Instagram – or the Facebook, Frank. Yeah, I think, I, I think I will do that. You think it's too derogatory towards Doc Rivers and his family? No, I don't think so. Well <laughs> – um, well, he... <laughs> they're all a bunch of... They're all just a big pond of frogs over oh. there at the Rivers house. We, you should be called ponds, not rivers. And I think that's being nice. Uh, Doc Rivers. I, I was playing... Um, I'm playing NBA 2K22, the My Career Mode. Mm-hmm. When you go to do the draft combine, you do a workout prior to it, and Doc Rivers is standing there, and I'm just like, get the fuck out of here, Doc. Get the fuck away from me, you cunt. I'm not gonna. I'm not playing for your stupid team. Is there a, is there Matt in the background just sort of looking over his shoulder, just trying trying to peek down his top? <laughs> He's sidling up to him and asking him uh, where, he, where he can find his daughter at. <laughs> nah, incidentally, I got drafted by the Nets, first round, 27th pick, so I'm playing for the Nets. Even oh, okay. Who cares about that anyway? Uh, games today. We saw a few games today. Saw a nice matchup. Jalen Green v. Cade Cunningham. Did you? I only caught the highlights of that game. Did you manage to see any of that today, Oracle? I did see a little bit of it. Um, not a whole lot. What did you think? Well, Cade came out. In the first quarter, he got into foul trouble. He had two fouls in the first four minutes. So yeah. know, they, they benched him for a bit. And then, uh, yeah, watched, watched a bit more. Jalen Green. They didn't match up much, Cade and Jalen. I noticed they weren't laying on each other. They were sort of playing off each other a little bit. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I didn't see the matchup at all during the game. I thought the standout moment for me was obviously Jalen Green putting it down near Cade and telling him about it after it, yelling at him. Saying uh, probably just mentioning how fire the dunk was and how he did nothing to stop it. And he got the tech for it. He got a tech too, did he? Yeah. yeah. Worth it. Worth getting the tech, I reckon. Yeah, Fuck I, it. I did see. Oh yeah, it's going to be a rivalry for a while. So you know, you got to you got to be first in and to say that shit. I almost want them to like each other less and less as time goes on. Yeah, I want I want to see that old rivalries used to get in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, Jalen v. Cade, Bird v. Magic. Well, you know, it was Bird and Magic that actually saved the league back in the early 80s. 
That's it. Well, hopefully they become as good of players as those legends of the game. Speaking of the Lakers as well, the Lakers scraped home today v the Heat. Miami missed three free throws at the end there in overtime, was it? There was a, yeah, they can't, Lakers just can't play defense for shit. They're terrible on D, aren't they? Absolutely atrocious. Jimmy Butler, he played pretty much all the first quarter and he left the game injured with a sprained right ankle. Do you know the seriousness of what's going on with his ankle or? No, they just said he's he's out for the game and that's all the information they had at the time. So no doubt he'll go in for scans and whatnot and they'll take it from there. They're not going to risk him on a away game in LA versus a subpar Lakers team as well. I think Malik Monk had 27 points or something. He had some ridiculous shot at the end of the game, took two massive steps sideways, looked like a huge travel and just threw it in the air. Total swish. Bottom of the net. Lakers win pretty much off that shot. Well, you know, it was actually, they had some decent bench contributions this time around. It wasn't just, you know, Camilla Anthony, Malik Mackman got 27 points and Ellington got 12. Their bench has been having to step up, hasn't it? Because missing LeBron. AD doesn't really carry a team. He doesn't seem to be able to put the team on his back. He has good runs during games, but. Yeah, he's not the guy you can look to drag your team over the line, I don't think. He needs help, too. Yeah, well, he never really did that with New Orleans, did he? No, he'd always ragged on the front office for not putting better players with him. And that's where that comes from. He's insecure. He can't drag a team along on his own, like some of the other rare players that that we see. Speaking of, of, of rare players like Jimmy Butler or, at the other end of the spectrum, Russell Westbrook, who's having... His worst career year since 2010. Congratulations, LeBron. You've hired the worst version of Russell Westbrook. On you, LeBron. I mean, any other teams he's played for, he's sort of done better, even though he's not that great. He's, you know, he gets the numbers, but... You see teams back off him when he's on the perimeter. They just back off. Go on, shoot it. What? Yeah. Shoot it. You're going to miss. (laughs) Go for it, you know. <laughs> give, us, give us another fucking air bank. That's it. See if you can uh, hit any part of the backboard, Russ. <laughs> any part at all. Well, they, they managed to scrape over. Yeah, hopefully Butler's injury isn't too bad. Miami have been travelling along pretty well. They look pretty strong in the east. But, yeah, Westbrook, I, I can't get over just how bad he is, actually. Like, he just turns it over a lot, just live ball turnovers. Like, he'll just be dribbling or, or just an error pass. You watch a highlight, really, I mean, oh, he didn't play so bad. But it doesn't show all the little fundamental things that he gets wrong on the court, you know, during games. Well, he had another eight turnovers today. That's it. I mean... It, Point it, proven. It's it's not just that. It, it's you know it's late in the games. His decision making when he drives a ball, he sort of he, he doesn't know what the fuck he wants to do. He's just like uh, 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 and fucking it's all over the place. Been finishing that well at the hoop when he gets there. You know he's finishing better than probably I've seen him in recent years. But he has to because he's not hitting that jump shot. And if he's got the ball in his hands at the end of the game, you know he's passing it because team doesn't want him taking that shot. Oh hell no, I wouldn't. Fucking Westbrook. He sucks. Derek Fish is right about you, son. <laughs> Another game today I just saw the end of was Golden State over Timberwolves. That was a pretty funky ending. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins went off 35 points, 15 and 19 from the field. He dunked it over Cat a couple of times. I saw the putback one at the end where he just 
rose up, man. He just rose up over the back of him, one-handed, and just threw it down, man. He, he He's an odd player. Like, he's real good sometimes. Like, he explodes and goes nuts like this. But then, you know, he'll have his games where he shoots three for 15, you know, or three for 11 or something. Yeah. I mean, you can see why Cleveland sort of got rid of him. and then Is he a good player? That's, I guess, the question. I'm asking, is he really a good player? Um, He's a good player for that team. I'll give you that. But, yeah, I think being with better players makes him better, right? Makes him freer to do what he's good at. I don't think he's good enough to be a starter all the time, but he'd be a good bench player. Like when Clay comes back into that team, he steps straight back into the starting lineup, I assume. They're going to have him ready to, to start, and that means Wiggins probably sits down. Well, yeah, it's either be Wiggins or, or Paul. Yeah, who knows? Well, it, interesting to see whether Wiggins loses his spot when when the clay comes about. I think I think Wiseman is due back fairly soon as well. They're looking better all the time. They're nine and one, Golden State. They're playing the best defense at the moment too. And Steph dropped fifty the other day. Fifty and ten assists. Fifty and ten. Yeah, that's Jeez. nuts. His MVP chances looking pretty good for the podcast. I got to say. Oh, he's, he's, he's definitely top three at the moment. And there was talk today that Clay is eyeing December the 20th to come back, which I think is against Sacramento. Ooh, yeah, that'd be a good one to come back against a team that, quite frankly, is struggling. What did Bagley say? He's not, or Bagley didn't step into the game on Monday. Refused. He did the Scotty Pippen. Oh, well, obviously he wants out. He, he needs to be traded. So try and get something for him before he loses all of his, you know, all of his stock. He's fucking cracked it. Anyway, the Warriors are going well, and the Bulls had a good win as well today. Against Dallas? Big Luca, yeah, and the, and the Mavs there. How'd you, how did that one pan out? I didn't see any of that one. That was good. The, the defense was good throughout the game. They didn't let Luca dominate. He was missing a fair few shots, and then when he was missing that, he was trying to get his teammates involved, passing the ball around, creating the open shot and whatnot. That wasn't really working well. I saw Levine at the end of the game. He was upset about some foul not getting called and got it on the breakaway. Next play down, threw a 360 dunk down while st- staring down the ref as well. Yeah, and he got a tech for that too. He got a tech for that. He was also he was going at the ref after the game too. He was telling her what he thought of her and what he thought of her no call, but it looked like Chicago way too way too good for the Mavs today. Oh yeah, Alonzo Ball was seven seven and eight three pointers today. He was just hot. He did that the first half, right? Yeah, five five six, and that's the most he's ever hit in a game. Yeah, he was he was just his jumper was looking really good, and uh, you know Caruso sixteen points and six steals. He's at leading the league in steals at the moment, Man. coming off the bench. How good is he working out? He is a great signing. Yeah, and the Lakers wanted to lowball him. Yeah, yeah, balls just went. Yeah, okay, yeah, we'll have him over here. He's good. Yeah, put him on our team. Welcome aboard. It was the GM and the coach that went and saw him and basically they met him, met up with him and said, you know, we want you. We will give you this and this. And he went back to Lakers and said, give me something similar or even a bit less and I'll stay. And they didn't do that. So in the end he left and, you know, he's on to better things now. Yeah, the Lakers every chance. And he's, I think Caruso has gone to a better team that he fits on better. And he's performing really, really well. Like, the role he plays for that team really holds them together when the bench is out there. So things are looking good for the Bulls. They've they've got the Warriors coming up, actually. 
Yeah, that's I'll be able to watch that game. I'm uh, excited to watch that. But uh, I'm more excited about Kirby White will be back next week sometime. Right, his timeline is getting shorter by the day, I I assume, and he'll slot in nicely, you know, give him some, some more scoring punch off the bench, I imagine. Yeah. And three-point shooting, which we're sort of uh, we're needing at the moment. That's it. A bit of a relief for the other guys if they're not hitting it. But yeah, look, hey, Bulls, look out! They're they're charging. Uh, another game that happened today, I didn't see much of. Just the highlights was Milwaukee and New York. New York managed to trace back a twenty-four point deficit. They were losing by twenty-four, brought it back to even, I think, and then ended up going down by. 12 in the end, Bucks were too good, shooting the ball down the stretch. And Tibbs had a few words to say after the game. Did you manage to catch the highlights of that press conference there, Frank? I haven't. I didn't see it, but I read a bit about it. And You, yeah. you, watch, you watch Tibbs for a long time coaching the Bulls. I, I saw him you know, limited time with the Celtics back in the day. He doesn't stop barking at his team, does no. he? No. It's still etched in the back of my mind when he was coaching the Bulls. You just hear him yell. And even the commentators' mics would pick it up all the time. You just hear him yell, scream Get at the up. Get in front of the ball! Blame me, fish! And if within a couple of games, he, his voice is fucked. Oh, my God. He, 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 nearly, he ended up nearly sounding like Madge from Neighbours. He had enough voice for that comment during the press conference, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, look, everyone says basically when questioned about, I think it was like a team chemistry question for the for the Knicks and questioned how long that takes. He was like, yeah, everyone says, you know, you need 10 games and then you play 10 games and then same people say you need, you need 20 games to see improvement, then you need 30 games and 40 and 50. Before you know it's the end of the season. He goes, it's, it's bullshit. It's bullshit talk. <laughs> I think what he meant by that was no excuses. Doesn't matter who the team is. You want to be good. You got to beat the best. And they did the hard work from what I saw in the first, uh, in the third and fourth quarter. The Knicks, but couldn't hold on to it down the stretch. The Bucks were too good. Giannis was just too good moving off the ball as well as you know with the ball. He knows where everyone is all the time. If he can't get his shot, he's he's usually getting it to someone who can. And, I mean, it was the bench for New York that kept them in that game. Fournier only scored two points. Kemba only scored two points. Yeah, those guys need to be front runners. They need to yeah. be leading the team, and they didn't get it done today, so they fell short. Credit to the bench. The bench is good. They're a good team, New York. I don't think anyone can say they're a bad team. And yeah, and the thing about Thibs is that this won't be his last rant because he's he, this guy breathes, eats, shits basketball. That's all he does. Even if they win 25 in a row, he'll still have something to rag on them about. He, always, always. Horsely yell at them about. <laughs> yes. Let's move on and talk about some of the rookies. I see a thing that you sent me today about Evan Mobley climbing the rookie rankings. I haven't caught much of what he's been doing there over in Cleveland, but he's looking good to start the season. He looks like a really mobile sort of big long guy, you know, who can play D and has got some offensive skills as well. He is he's just he's playing really consistent basketball at the moment. Even today he twenty five minutes he scored nineteen point seven rebounds. There you go, that's pretty productive. And you know, the Cavs are seven and five at the moment and no one would have thought that. Would have thought everyone had ranked pretty low to start yeah. the season. 
And Kevin Love and Markinen are out with COVID. And Sexton's just recently injured, torn, had a torn left meniscus, I think. Is he out for the extended period or the season? Well, they've just said extended period at the moment. So yeah, they haven't said for how long. Could be the season. Yeah. In any event, Rubio's playing well off the bench for them. I assume he steps in when Stexon is out. He had that amazing game the other day, shooting the ball from the three-point line. Everything for him was going in. It was pretty crazy. Well, he had 37 points, 10 assists. He was 8 of 9 from the three-point line, and he's never been a shooter. He's always been the pass-first, shoot-second guy. Yeah, he's a, that type of point guard, true point guard, as they're called sometimes in basketball circles. But yeah, that was a lot of that was in the last quarter too. He was just dry. They were just looking for him. The ball was fine at him and people were flying at him and he'd just give him a little fake and then put it up there. In it goes. But we're supposed to be talking about the rookies. Uh, who else is up there? I saw a bit of Scotty Barnes today playing against Boston. He that, that dude's strong, man. That dude is big and strong and he knows where to get high percentage looks from on the court. That Toronto team just plays sort of all over the court. They just mismatch deliberately and run all over the court. They overplay and play aggressive physical defense to try and keep games close, I think. But Barnes, you know, for a rookie, that guy plays real mature. I've only seen bits and pieces of him so far. I haven't watched a full game, but I'm actually I'm looking forward to watching him play. Yeah, he's a good smoky chance for Rookie of the Year on, on that team because he's, he's going to play, he's going to get minutes, and he contributes quite a bit when he's out there. Gary Payton, too, recently said he preferred the nickname Young Glove because I think the nickname The Mitten was thrown around a little bit, and he, he publicly said, no, I don't like that. I want to be called Young Glove. The Mitten doesn't have that same sort of sound behind it. it sounds soft. Sounds pussy, doesn't it? <laughs> Can't be called that. You're an NBA player trying to be a hard cunt out there and playing defense, stripping the ball, stealing the ball. Oh, no, it's the Mitten. Oh, here comes the Mitten. Everyone get worried. Someone throw out a, a ball of string for it to play with. Yeah well, yeah, well, you know, get the cookies out of the oven for me. He's way better than that. He is something to watch on, on defense. I watch him and I think he's as good as the old man on D. He's easily as good. He can just thieve the ball from when he's playing on the ball against good ball handlers, he can he can just rip it from. That's a big call because, uh, yeah, I mean, his old man was – he was – Awesome on defense. I mean, he, watching him play against Jordan in the finals in the 90s, I mean, he really shut Jordan down as much as anyone could have. Yeah, over the span of two games, pretty much, he kept him quiet in the finals, but they still lost. But when I say GP2, Young Love is just as good on D as Gary Payton Sr., I think Gary Payton Sr. was a much better offensive player. When you watch young Gary Payton, young glove, he doesn't have the same input on the offensive end. He's mainly out there to harass somebody, basically, and make him give up the ball. He's good to watch, though. I, I recommend you'll, you'll get to see him play anyway because he'll play against the Bulls in, uh, I think, I think Saturday, our time. Yeah, and, I mean, with the offense that they do and the players that they have, they need, you know, one or two players that can just play D. It's a good, solid D. And just go out there and rip it. That's what he does. Yeah, he fits well on that team because of that because they don't really need him to shoot. They just need him to get out there and be high energy on, on defense. It's awesome to watch. Like, he really does get all over players. And just given that defensive assignment that the other players can just go, you handle whoever and we do a, we do our normal shit. One of the reasons why the Warriors are looking so good. Would you call them as an early favourite to win the ring? They have to be, don't they? They have to be winning that race at the moment. Well, you wouldn't put the Nuggets above them. You might put Utah in that first spot, perhaps. I haven't 
seen as much of the Jazz as I have of the Warriors. Yeah. But maybe Utah and, and the Warriors are the front runners at the moment in the West. Yeah, I'd say so. And Joe Ingles having a bit of a quiet year. You know he's going to pop off at some point. He's going to pop off and hit nine threes in a game or something. Yeah. Well, how old, how old is he now? Is he in his mid-30s now? He's looking a bit old. Uh, 34. Okay. Just turned October 2. So, yeah, one or two more years left in the NBA, and I hope to God he comes back and plays in the NBA. That'll be awesome. That would be. I really would like to see him just carve up the NBL and just drop threes from all over the court. Be awesome. Who do you think he would uh, he would sign with? Adelaide. Come on. He's got to go play with Adelaide. Maybe one of the Melbourne teams. He did play for the Dragons back in the day. I guess it depends on whether the family wants to settle down. He'd be looking to settle down and, you know, find a place. And I wonder if he's going to go into coaching or anything like that once he retires. He could. He might get an NBA job. But we should start a Garbage Time Basketball podcast campaign to bring back Joe Ingles once he's done. And Paddy too. Bring them all back here. Beef our league up. It'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm into that. that. That sounds great. One more rookie I like to keep an eye on is Josh Giddy, And Josh Giddy is... The type of dude that just sort of gets cooler by the second, the more you, the more you get to know about him. His latest results are they from today or was that yesterday that he played? That was today against Pelicans. And what do you have? He had seven points, twelve rebounds, and nine assists. So you know, close to a triple dub. Stuffing the stats again. What really impresses me, like I've I've seen a, a fair bit of his plays now, is his court vision for a 19-year-old is just outstanding. He's an elite passer in my book. He's an elite level passer. He needs to add other things to that, but he's elite level for me. He's going to have a long career in the NBA. I would predict. Would you agree with that, Oracle? I agree. I totally agree with that. I mean, what he's showing right now, I mean, if he gets a good, decent jumper behind him and, you know, works his ass off, which no doubt he will, he'll be an outstanding player. He'll be at least an NBA starter, perhaps maybe an all-star. You could get to all-star. I mean, he's got that all-star type of game where he's got highlight plays and he does crazy shit sometimes. It's it's awesome. And the kids love him, Frank, because he's on TikTok. <laughs> this is Josh Giddy on TikTok. After, I think this is after that Lakers game where he threw the turnover in the last 11 seconds or whatever. This is this is him, I think, talking to his girlfriend on TikTok after the game. What do you mean, breathe, breathe? Don't tell me to breathe. I can't be, yo, bring me a shot. Bring me a shot. Bring me a shot. <laughs> now, when I, I've watched that clip a number of times, right? And here's what I can't figure out. That's not his voice, right? Or is it his voice? And he just sort of has an American sort of twang. I don't know whether he's doing a bit, like he's doing, I don't know, a, a bit that some rapper or entertainer does, or whether that's just him. And that's, I think it's meant to be that's just him. Because it's TikTok, I'm not, I'm unfamiliar. I'm very skeptical of it. That's why I think it could be somehow, I don't know. What, what did you think of that when you saw it? I have no Fucking clue. <laughs> breathe? What do you mean tell me to breathe? Bring me a shot. Uh, I'll tell you what, watching him drive the lane, he looks like it's he's doing it in slow motion. He, you know, he's not very athletic. but He's, he's tall, though. He's 6'8". He's still pretty skinny, but, yeah, he's that's what I love about him. He's not so much an athlete, but he's just an awesome basketball player, man. He just knows basketball. He plays that type of game where everyone else gets involved, similar to LaMelo, but not as flashy as... Lamello, 
perhaps a little bit more suave and cool and sort of just naturally coming to attention of of people rather than having all the lights around him and being announced everywhere he goes and stuff. The way he drives, the way he moves, sometimes it reminds me of Larry Bird. I'm not saying he's going to end up being like Larry Bird, but just his movements and that, it's just, it just remind me of Larry Bird. And it's like another another guy who wasn't athletic, but you couldn't, you couldn't stop him though. That's the thing. It's possible that he has Bird attributes. I just said that for Matt because he'll he'll like that. Yeah, Josh Giddy is awesome. I can't wait to see what he does with the rest of the year where he finishes up in the in the rookie votes. I see him top three finish at least in the rookies as long as he keeps playing for that team and stuff and the stats, getting rebounds as well. He needs to get a bit cleverer on defense for me. He needs to show a little bit more IQ on, on D, but I think he's just picking up the game still and soon he'll he'll learn to get his feet across and cut people off baseline and force him into into Tougher shots, and he's going to have a long career, like we said, I reckon. All right, let's move on to a few other teams. Power squads. The Wizards season start there. The Wizards are eight and three at the moment. Eight and three. Who who the fuck would have thought that? Well, I, I think we said on the last episode, we all agreed that none of us did. They got a bunch of players from the Lakers for Westbrook and have turned them into productive starters and bench players. They have sort of done that previously, haven't they? When they got rid of Wall, I think they got a bunch of players from that trade, didn't they? That they sort of turned into productive players. They've been good at that, is is my point. Wizards getting players from other teams that don't seem that good to us, but they go to Washington and they play pretty good. They've got a good mix. I mean, you had Builder, he was the all-star. He's giving you buckets. You know that. He's guaranteed 25 to 30 a game a night. He's giving you buckets. But what else? You need other players, obviously, to get over good teams in the NBA. And they've beaten Boston twice. Not saying Boston's a great team, but Washington uh, done them in twice. Yeah, with Kuzma, Dinwiddie, Montrell, and they've, uh, you know, Hachimura, he's, he's not playing at all at the moment. So, you know, he's he's got to come back too. He's due to come back. That's right. And Thomas Bryan, I think. I think he might be back in the lineup, but he's actually a pretty decent five for them. You mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't know whether you saw this story or not, but Spencer Dinwiddie has an interesting clause built into his contract that he negotiated with Washington during the five-team tra- uh, five trade that was done. It's very interesting, and he pretty much did this just to be different, just to have one of the most original bonuses or the most original bonus clause in a contract ever because he's earning $62 million over three years. The clause in the contract is if the Wizards win the championship during his time there, they pay him a dollar, but they have to pay him in 100 pennies. Okay. <laughs> What the fuck's that all about? I don't know. I don't know. He's just a, he's, you know, he's into crypto. He's, he's, he's a cryptic type of dude, you know. He just wanted to have something in there that, that stood out. Yeah, Washington loves it. The, the Wizards love it, apparently. That was the term of the deal. He had to, they had to agree to pay him one dollar, one American dollar in a hundred pennies, individual pennies. Okay. Maybe he knows that the fiat currency system is all going to crash and he wants his memorabilia while it's still there. <laughs> well, obviously he's uh, he's saying something that we're not at the moment. But he's a big reason why that Wizards team are good, right? Because he's given them buckets too. He's just come in and been their second scorer, right? He's come in, hit big shots. He flies under the radar because 
He didn't play much last year. Nets didn't really give him a lot of credit, but he's earning that money for Washington. He's a good solid player, 15, 5, and 5 at the moment. He's consistent and he's a good support to Brad Beal. He, they know they can go to him, whether he's coming off the bench or whether they're double teaming Beal. They can go to Dinwiddie for multiple types of shots, and he is a really good shooter. I saw him play in both of those games very Boston, and he's money, man. Quite simply, he's money. Well, the Bulls did have him before he went to the Nets. Unfortunately, we just, we just had a shit coach at the time and a shit out head office, and we ended up letting him go, and uh, you know he became a star. Well, you shouldn't feel too bad because the Nets didn't give him his due credit either. Well, yeah, and now the Nets are fucked. Well, the Bulls are beating them, aren't they? Bulls are having good wins over the Nets these days. We might as well move on to talk about that. 42-17 to 17 final quarter for the Bulls v. Brooklyn. They've got to realise now they have to start playing a little bit of fucking defence. Bulls showed them up, didn't they? Because their offence is a machine. they got so many moving parts in that offence and, and they can all do something. Levine, DeRozan, Vooch, and then you got Caruso getting his buckets. It, it's Everyone can score on that team. On that Bulls team. With Kyrie not playing, and who knows if he's going to come back or not, but, you know, they would have relied on their offense to carry them through most of the games. But now with Kyrie gone, they've got to, you know, they're not scoring as much, so they've got to start playing some defense. And some of the sequences I saw, especially James Harden, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? He doesn't give a fuck about defense most of the time. When he gives a fuck, he can play D, but most of the time he doesn't. He relies on other people to do it. That's as simple as I can put it. Griffin doesn't give you defense. No, especially now with Harden not, you know, he's not giving you 30 a game like how he did in Houston. So you sort of, you didn't really look past his defense, but you've gone, oh, you know, whatever, you're scoring 30 a game. But now he's not doing that. It's like, okay, he's a bit of a liability. You're starting to be a bit of a liability. Yeah, you'd reckon farting James Harden would give you a little bit more on D now that he can't trick the refs into giving him foul calls. You just got to stop spending all that time at the titty bars. And that too. Stop buying the pizza rolls at the titty bars. Less time there. Fucking start working on your defense, cunt. Pull that pork roll out of your mouth. <laughs> Do not eat it. Apologies for Javante Green. He is only 6'4". I will publicly apologize to you, Frank. I doubted your knowledge of your Bulls bench, and I was wrong. I was wrong to doubt that. And you were absolutely correct about him, and he is one of those guys that comes in and does a lot with little minutes. Like, he came on in that Brooklyn game, scored a quick seven points in five minutes. And gave him five boards. Yeah, uh, yeah, that he does. He's a little energizer bunny in that one. As well as at start of the fourth, it was the bench that got the Bulls going again. It was a lot of hustle. There was a play where pretty much three or four of the Bulls players just died for the ball. That's Donovan's coaching, I reckon, because they know they don't have that rim protection. So they have to scrap and hustle and get pokeaways and try and steal the ball and have smaller dudes boxing out bigger dudes. And that's that's what they do. The guy who brought a lot of the energy was Don Sunmu. The rookie, yeah. yeah. Ayo Desonmu. I just, I, I just call him Ayo. As you said, he's a, he was a second round pick. Second round pick. From what I saw, just comes in with energy and just sprints and runs to his man, gets in front of him, moves his feet, tries to contribute on the defensive end. And when he gets a look, he's not afraid to take it, and he's made him. He's no, made. It- Made big shots. And with uh, Kobe White coming in back in soon, he has earned his spot. He'll keep getting minutes. The crowd fucking love him. It's a good problem for the Bulls to have, to have a really productive bench and young players challenging for minutes because if he's playing better than, well, you put Kobe White in front of him, but even further down the bench, Caruso, I guess. and Jones Jr. Yeah, those those sort of guys. If he's outplaying those guys, he should be moving up in the 
rotation. Yeah, for sure. No hesitation. For the second or third or 17th time today, the Bulls are killing it. The Bulls are flying. They're charging. They're looking really good. I'm very worried as a Boston fan. One thing that was heartbreaking as a Boston fan was Luca's game winner last week, ending the game with it. And as he has done to us before, done to other teams before, when he's got the ball, final seconds, doesn't matter what you throw at him. Lucan can get a shot off. He'll be fading away. He'll be far away from the three-point hoop, and it's got a very good chance of going in. And that's what he did against Boston and killed us. More than so, it's you know he's going to get the ball. As you said, he, there's nothing you can do, and he does that sidestep or fade away, and he hits him. They've got Pazingas there. They've got Hardaway. They've got other options they can go to. But it's always Luca with the ball in his hands at the end of the game. You can't keep it close against the Mavs because he can just win it like that. The Bulls obviously played a lot better against the Mavericks today because Luca didn't have that chance. They were a good deal ahead at the end of the game. Luca's incredible. I saw Boston v Toronto today. We played pretty well. Managed to get up in that game v Toronto with Siakam back there, Scotty Barnes and Van Vliet. The way they play is a bit all over the shop. I don't really know quite how to describe it, but it's not conventional defense. You've got your center bringing up the ball half the time or the center steps out onto the perimeter guarding the point guard, and that's consistently done. And they overplay, they, they bump into the play physical, they see what they can get away with. They tried to take Boston out of the game today with that sort of physical play, and we were a good deal above it. And we went ahead 10, 12 points and maintained that lead. Tatum was good, was pretty decisive in most of his plays today, got other players involved. Jalen was out again. He's got a hamstring injury that's going to keep him up, probably out another two weeks. I think they'll be pretty careful with him. He won't want to come back underdone at all and make that hamstring any worse because for Boston to have any chance, they need to get on a bit of a run. They can't afford to keep dropping games. It was pleasing to see him hold on to a lead today. That hasn't been the case in the season to date, really, for Boston. It looks like, I'm just looking at the stats now, and it looks like uh, everyone just put in and put in the good numbers. The starting lineup, Richardson off the bench. Josh Richardson was very good defensively today. He hit some good shots as well on offense. He doesn't look to get his shots. He just sort of gets shots at the end of the offense. If first, second, third options aren't there, he tends to get the ball kicked to him after that and he'll just create a shot. He didn't start the year very well. First couple of games, he looked flat. But he's rolling now. He's doing what Boston hoped he would do and that's play some defense and give us a little bit of offense at the other end. How did the offense look like with uh, with Jalen out? Did it look like it was running better? or? Yeah, it looked pretty organized. They had Horford working off the elbow a lot. So a lot of double teams were going to Horford, and then he was distributing. He was making a move or distributing the ball to players like Romeo, Langford, and Tatum on the on the perimeter. Langford hit a couple of shots today, which was good. I think they're hoping he can be a rotation player off the bench. He hasn't shown it to this point. He hasn't been consistent enough to make the rotation, but he's getting his chance and he hit a couple of shots today. It was good to see. Just one more quick question about uh, Jalen Brown. Would you favour a trade for Simmons? In a word, no. We just don't want to give Philly a Jalen Brown. Jalen, to me, offers a lot more than Simmons does on the court overall. Boston would be stupid to do that, obviously. Yeah, Philly would have to throw everything in that trade. And they're looking to hold on to things as well, just try and deal Simmons. And it's looking less and less likely to me like they're going to be able to deal Simmons. You know, They're going to have to chuck in some picks, whatever else makes it 
sweeter for someone to take him. Otherwise, he's just going to keep sitting out, not playing, keep getting fined for not turning up to games. He got fined 360k, I think, Simmons, for not attending a game that he was supposed to attend. They continue to handle the situation very badly. Beefs and beefs. Another situation which may have been handled <laughs> less than adequately was, well, we'll get into Rondo's thing first. He yeah. fouled the shit out of someone playing the Hornets, was ejected as a result. He was ejected straight out of the game. I actually saw the incident. What the NBA commentators talk about now is is the wind-up. If there's a wind-up, yeah, it's... They're gonna they're gonna chuck someone. That's what they look at. If there's a big wind up, you're in danger of, of being chucked. He was out of the play. He kind of made an attempt at the ball, but I don't have too much problem with him getting chucked out of the game. I mean, it's Rondo. Guy's a dick. I saw it as well, and that was more than intentional. He did not go for the ball at all. He made no attempt to go for the ball. You could see him after he hit him. He basically stared him down. It was a hostile, aggressive play, and that's exactly the sort of thing that a player probably should be ejected for these days. Another player who was ejected, or a couple of players that were ejected, was Nikola Jokic and Markeith Morris. Uh, I don't know if you managed to catch any of this drama in the last couple of days, Frank, but uh, what are your thoughts? What Morris did to Jokic start off with wasn't that much at all. I didn't think. And then, you know, he basically gave a big shoulder in, into his back and he fell forward and, like, that was uncalled for. You know, and you had, you had the players running across and Jimmy Butler about to fucking start punching on with every kind of thing. Butler was fired up. That's right. Yeah, he was hanging out there in the corridor waiting for... Nicola, wasn't he? And a few of the other heat players too. Apparently the whole team was there. <laughs> they possied up in the hallway and Butler was fined 30K, I believe. Yeah. Not suspended for any games. I don't know. Who cares? I'd say he'd probably think that was 30K worth of trash talking that I wanted to do. I would have paid more to do anyway. I didn't like the Morris play because Jokic is already in his shot. He's that's part of his body is exposed, and when you're in the air and you get impacted like that, which he came in from the side, made no attempt at the ball at all. Fully agree with Morris getting ejected for it as well, and Jokic being ejected for the retaliation, especially when you're exerting that much on a shot, which Jokic was doing because he's shooting from almost half court. When someone cannons into you from the side like that, I've sort of had my legs taken out while I've been going up for a layup close at the hoop, and my immediate reaction, admittedly, I was a lot younger and stupidly thought I could fight bigger people. When that happened to me, my legs got took out, hit the ground really hard. My first instinct was to jump up and just I just went straight at the guy who did it. I'm like, what the fuck is that? You're a dirty cunt. All, all, all that type of shit. That sort of was my immediate emotional reaction. I think Jokic's reaction was similarly emotional. Morris turned his back on him as well, which I wouldn't have done after hitting Jokic like that. You would not turn your back on him. We saw what he did to Devin Booker in the finals last year. <laughs> When he wasn't happy with him, mm. you don't turn your back on him. Yeah, so it sort of continued on the sidelines after the incident. Both players were ejected. The Heat players went down into the communal corridor where the players are supposed to exit the court. I think the Nuggets exited off a, a Jokic in particular, went an alternate way to get to their locker room to avoid that confrontation. But maybe the funniest part was Jokic's brothers. <laughs> Have you seen the size of those guys? They're fucking massive. 
they're just as big as him, if not bigger. They were in the crowd, so they were watching the game. From what I believe, I, I, that's not I couldn't confirm that actually. From what I know, they attended the game. They, they attend quite a few things with with Nicola. Yeah, they were in the crowd. They were. It looks like there were about maybe ten rows. They got a good view of it. They're right there, so they they were they were standing. They they looked like they were about to storm the court. They were about to, and almost immediately following that, they popped up on Twitter as well. The Jokic brothers at Jokic brothers too, by the way. So that handle was still available on Twitter. They immediately grabbed it, started the account. I think for the sole purpose of replying to Markeith Morris, who came out on Twitter and had something to say about what Jokic did, and said, "Yeah, you know, you better watch your back. You know, something, something like that. Yeah, hitting a guy in the back. Yeah, you know what." is going to come of that or something. I'm paraphrasing there. I don't know exactly what he said, but that was the reason for the Jokic brothers getting on Twitter and saying, nah, you know, we were there. We saw everything. You and your team are the ones that need to watch your back (laughs) because, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to fuck with those Serbian guys, man. I don't know about – I wouldn't be trying to piss them off. No, and the thing is one of them is a MMA fighter. (laughs) He's a trained he He's he, a trained MMA like fuck that. He is a weapon of match destruction on his own. One of the Jokic brothers. To think that they aren't willing to fight someone in defense of their own brother, uh think again. Yeah, exactly. And they have already brought tickets for the next game against <laughs> Guaranteed they'll be against the fucking heat, sorry. Against the heat. They will be there again and they'll probably be at even more games hoping something else will pop off so that they can be even more involved. But if they turn up, it's gonna be like LeBron turning up to Cleveland after he signed at the Lakers and he they'll have their own security guards or policemen fucking taking him down to the court so they don't fucking start punching on with any cunt. We were alive to see Malice in the Palace. We know how that panned out. That was pretty Brutally violent for the time. I dare say, if anything triggered those Jokic brothers and they and they went down onto the court, it wouldn't be pretty, man. It would not be pretty. Someone would, would be getting hurt for sure. And, Someone would be getting fucked up. And uh, the NBA go nuts because they'd be thinking the players are un- unsafe and everything. It'd be interesting to see how it plays out for the rest of the year. We'll revisit the game. Obviously, we'll highlight the game on the future episode that it comes up in when they play again. The NBA's not short of drama at the moment. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of dramatic stuff, a lot of, a lot of feuds, bitter disputes, punch-ons. Everyone's pissed off at the refs. The, the refs are letting them smash into each other more regularly. It's great. <laughs> it's, this is how it should be. This is how we want it, isn't it? None of these fucking pansy, everyone's friends. Fuck that. Fuck that and fuck all the flopping around and acting hurt, falling over every time you shoot a three-pointer because you think someone farted in your direction. Yeah, exactly. Fuck that. All right, well, that about do it, I think, for us this week, minus our gracious offsider, Matt, who's unfortunately a little bit unwell, probably caught something off uh, Doc Rivers' daughter, his amphibian daughter. Uh, I, I think right, right about now he'd be motorboating them titties. <laughs> <laughs> what a visual. Yeah, we definitely have to end on that. <laughs> Thanks to everyone for listening to us ramble on about the NBA and basketball in general once again. Follow us on the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm not very active yet, but I pledge to you right now that we will be ramping that up over the future episodes. Shout out to... 
Eric Gordon, who's played awesome since I said he was shit or said he was going to be shit. I don't know whether you noticed that. I, did, I just noticed he played pretty well today against Detroit. I, I think he's actually shooting like 52% from three points. <laughs> he's shooting ridiculous percentage. Immediately following me basically writing him off for the year. So he's looking good. I don't know who to write off this week. Let's just say gonna be David Nwaba. Who's he That's played? Right. Safe pick because he's he, he effectively fallen off already. No one knows who he is, so it, <laughs> he can't possibly he can't possibly pop off for twenty or thirty in the next game. I just want to be proven right one time. I'll uh, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that over the next week or so. <laughs> cool. Thanks for joining me once again, Oracle. You are an absolute basketball savant, and it is a pleasure every time to do this podcast with you, mate. Likewise, always a pleasure. All right, mate, we'll uh, get it again next week on the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. See you later. See ya.